0: Welcome to the Closer to You, Lord, podcast. Little, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come the word of the Lord is a blessing if you find yourself reading his word. Contemplating his word, obeying his word, you are blessed. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, we'll find the third commandment there. And it's a very simple one that has been overlooked and almost misinterpreted at times. Not because we don't understand parts of it, but because I don't think everyone has come to understand the wholeness of it. And I'm bringing here a bit more of the picture, a bit more of the wholeness. I don't pretend to know it all, all of its fullness and depth, because it's a short commandment. However, I'm here to bring a fresh perspective on it. And so it reads, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Amen. The usual understanding of this commandment is simply, don't curse using the name of the Lord. And indeed, we should not curse using the name of the Lord or make oaths on his name or, or curse in general at all. We will be judged for every word that we say. The Lord knows it. And if it is unfruitful, if it is not good, if it doesn't contribute anything... The Lord knows and he will take it into account. But this verse specifically, I think it requires just a little more digging. And to do so, um, I I took it upon myself to look a bit into the, the Hebrew in which this was first written. The first word that I want to talk about is the word name. Everyone has a name. And names are very important in the Bible. But here, the word name, it, it's a little deeper than what we, what we simply think of. It means reputation as well. It means fame. It means glory. So when we talk about the Lord, we also have to realize that he has many names, right? We call him Elohim, our healer. We call him our mighty warrior in battle. We call him so many things because they all point to the character of God. And we call him by his character. Uh, We call him healer because he heals. We call him redeemer because he redeems. So when we think about using the name of the Lord in vain, which no one should do, we have to think about really what... We are talking about. We are talking about who the Lord is. We are talking about His character, His designation as the creator of heavens and the earth. Think about that when you think of the name of the Lord. And the Lord is Jehovah, right? He is the one who created it all. He created you and me in His image. So, he is the Lord, he made everything. He gave us the knowledge and the instructions that we have here in his word. And when we look at the name vain, when we look at the word vain, and what does shav mean? It means emptiness, vanity, falsehood. So if the Lord says, "I am your healer," and you say he is not a healer, he is not our doctor. He is not the one who can cure us of every single ailment that we may have, be it of the mind, of the flesh, of anything. If we do not believe that, really, we are not recognizing the Lord for what he is. We are taking who he says he is for falsehood. We are calling God a liar. I encourage you, every single one of you, to catalog those times in your life When you knew the Lord was something, but you didn't see it at that moment. I remember when my cousin died. um, It was many, many years ago now, a decade or more in the hospital. And I, I remember being angry with the Lord because I knew that he was a healer, but I did not see him heal in that instant, the way that they wanted to see him heal. And, and I encourage you to go through the exercise of cataloging all of those experiences when the character of the Lord was unfairly judged. Granted, from that experience, from that anger and, and bitterness that I had for a while, from that doubt that I had gone through, from that lack of faith, I have since then repented and realize that no matter what our will is, he is still who he says he is. The word says, let every single man be a liar, but let God be true. Meaning even as my cousin died in that hospital, if the Lord said he is a healer, he most certainly is a healer. And since then, amen, I give glory to God and I worship him and I thank him for his identity because I have seen him heal with my very own eyes. He is who he says he is. If he said that he will never leave you or forsake you, believe that. Even if you feel far from the Lord, even if you feel like he doesn't hear you, even if you feel however you may feel, no, that the Lord is not a man to lie. He does not lie. Amen. I'll continue reading. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. What does the word unpunished mean? This, in fact, to me, was the most surprising part about this verse. The word unpunished in Hebrew means nakah. It means to be empty, to be clear, um, to be pure, to be free, to be innocent. It means to be cleaned out or purged out. To be clean, to be free from guilt, to be innocent. When we take the Lord's name in vain and do not repent from it, we are no longer innocent. We, in our human understanding, have put an affront to God's character, to who he is. If God says that he is good and we decide to look at the character of God to point our fingers and say he is not good, we shall not be held innocent. We shall not be held free from guilt. We are guilty if we do so. And that truth is, is so terrible. It's, it's so deep. I never understood that taking the, ne- the name of the Lord in vain was not simply a curse. It was not believing what God said about himself. And granted, to take means to lift up, right? It means that you lift up, you bear up this idea. Maybe you declare it to all your friends, God does not really heal because someone died in my family. Or God is not powerful because I had to go through something that was hard. Or God is not good because there's something that I think is not good and he did not conform to my will and my character. It also means to lift up that idea within yourself. Sometimes we have an idea We form it and we solidify it in our hearts. But that attitude, but that thought, but those vain words, those false words will not go unpunished. I want to go back to the very beginning of Exodus 20 um, in verse 2. And the Lord says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The Lord tells you who he is. He told you, I'm the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, if the children of Israel, who had just been brought out of Egypt, had said, actually, God, you didn't bring us out of Egypt, they would have been taking the Lord's name in vain there and then. What a terrible thing. When Jesus said, I'm the truth, I'm the light, I'm the way. When we deny that, when we deny the fact that we are sinners and the fact that on that cross he shed his blood so that we would be innocent, so that we would be guiltless, so that we would not be punished. When we deny that, we also take him in vain. We take that sacrifice in vain. So, I encourage you, amen, to read your Bible to learn about what, the, what God says about himself and believe it. And even if you don't believe it, even if it takes some time, do not lift up these false ideas about who God is. There's something very interesting, um, a thought that I have been mulling over for a while. And it, it's found in um, Romans 1 or 2. I'll find it quickly. Um, where um, the Apostle says, the Apostle Paul, I believe, he says that the Lord has revealed himself to all men, meaning all men have known who God is at some point, be that in their generations, or be that with a personal encounter. There comes a point where we have to say, This is from God. And at the same time, so many people, so many civilizations, so many generations have said, I recognize what that is, what He is, but I'm turning away. And you might think, if I really knew who God was, if He had revealed Himself to me, if He had done some miracle, I would never turn my way. I would never turn away. Right? You you say, it's an issue of proof. He has not proven himself to me. But I encourage you to look deeply into your life. And question if that is true. I'll give you an example. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had communion with God. They were there. They, they saw the creation around them. And they also were able to see the creator, they knew his word. They knew the consequences of disobeying his word. And having no good alternative, they still decided to disobey that word. And subsequently, the fall of man, and here we are today. It's not an issue of evidence. It's an issue of belief. It's an issue of fearing the Lord. And in a following episode, we'll get into what the fear of the Lord is. It is the beginning of all wisdom. Amen. Think about the ways that you have taken the Lord's name in vain and repent from it. Ask the Lord for forgiveness from that. Amen. Because he loves you. He made you. He is good. And he has said all of these things about himself as well as about you. And when we take his words, his character, who he is as falsehood, as emptiness, we take his name in vain. So, amen. It is his will that all repent, all come to repentance, that all be saved. That is His will for you. So, amen. Let us pray. Father God, we bless you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and everything that you do for us. Lord, we pray that you might help us, Lord, to turn away from our wicked ways. Everything that you said about yourself is 1,000% true. Our numbers can't quantify how true you are, how good you are, how merciful you are. But Father, you sent your Son to die on that cross for us, knowing what we would do, knowing that you died freely so that we might accept you. And we thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Be blessed. Thank you for coming to the end of this podcast. May the Lord continue to bless you in his truth. If you are interested in more details about this episode, the summary section contains useful tidbits. Please consider sharing this podcast so that it may be fruitful. God bless.